the head bite, it's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, judge them harshly, rank them. That's pretty much all you need to know. I am Steampunk Link. I'm Emmy Zero. And I'm trying to go through this intro really fast because this is another Playing With Power episode where we take a break from the regular chronology to talk about an issue of Nintendo Power and the month uh, in which things actually happened in real world history. And we have a guest today. Guest, who are you? Uh, I'm guest. Uh, I'm friend guest. No, uh, my name is Brandon. I am from the Namely 90s podcast. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi, and we are really glad to have you here. I think this is going to be a fun one. We've got August 1993 Nintendo Power to talk about. Street Fighter 2 Turbo is on the cover. And uh, man, that is the first of a number of pieces of a very special Street Fighter 2 art that we are going to see in this issue. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, as a, a fellow plumber of the <laughs> plumber, I see what you did there of, of the depths of not of 90s nostalgia. Uh, Brandon, what uh, did did you read Nintendo Power uh, as, a, as a kid? Was this a thing that you were uh, exposed to? I did. So I, I come from a Nintendo family. Uh, my first video game was Duck Hunt. Um, I, I remember my father letting me uh, use the, the orange zapper way too young. I was probably three, uh, three or four pointing at the screen. So I had an NES. I had a Super NES. I had an N64. I had everything from the Virtual Boy up through the um, the SP, uh, GBA SP. And then um, I also... I've had every 3DS and console, except for the Virtual Boy. I think you got it, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a I don't have a Switch Lite. Okay. Yeah. That I'm not sure that even really uh, particularly matters as a distinction. So you know, I think you're good. Yeah. No, no GBA micro. Okay, no GBA. So, Who does though? Really? I mean, I know. I mean, there was this like I feel like the Zoomers were really into the micro for some reason, but there's no backwards compatibility. Uh, the portability is terrible, and the screen it was like the size of a cough drop. Yeah, so. I knew a guy who had one at one point actually, and I remember him getting really drunk one time and just ranting for like 20 minutes about how the Game Boy Micro was the most beautiful piece of technology that he'd ever seen. And it was like the best thing in the world. And like, he went like back into, it was like during a party, there were like 20 <laughs> people at his apartment and like, he went and like found it and started like showing it to people. It's like, look at the screen. It's so beautiful. I mean, the, the micro, the micro itself was literally the size of the original NES controller. Yeah. It was so small. Like it was too small. The SP was perfection. I still have my SP to play my entire Game Boy catalog on, that wasn't your question. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. This is this is good. I think the micro was cute. The micro was very cute. Definitely. Nintendo does some weird things sometimes. And uh, and actually, on that note, um, I was uh, just this past week on uh, Kami Jace's The Weekly Cooldown podcast talking about some uh, rather um, not great things going on at Nintendo and also NFTs. But I managed to not just rant and swear the entire time. So uh, but uh, go listen to that show. And also on that topic, Brandon, you've been making the rounds lately. Can you tell us like what all you've been on in the last couple of weeks just to kind of catch everyone up here? Yeah. So, I mean, apart from my own podcast, which updates weekly on Mondays and anyway, 90s, um, <laughs> we, I was on uh, Everything 90s, uh, which is a podcast host by Shalina. She's Canadian um, uh, over on the East Coast there. 
And uh, being female, black, and Canadian, she has a completely different view of the 90s. We're also two years, three years age difference. Uh, so it's, I mean, everyone has their own take and view of what the 90s is when you're our age and doing 90s podcasting and nostalgia type podcasting. So I was on Everything 90s with Shalina. And then um, she had me on for a debate, uh, the first of her five debate uh, series, uh, where I had to defend the 90s, 90s television themes versus um, Prime Nostalgia or Prime from the Prime Nostalgia podcast. He was doing 2000 TV themes and we had to debate each other. Shalina moderated. Um, I won't tell you how she cast her boat, but overall, the 90s came through and won uh, with the fan Yeah, vote. yeah. I, I thought you both did a great job. I, I thought the entire show was just a lot of fun to listen to. I can't wait to hear the uh, you know the rest of uh, Shalina's uh, episodes in that series of uh, 90s versus aughts things. So I'm absolutely and I'm sorry I let you down and didn't put in uh, Carmen Sandiego theme. Well, no, that's OK, because you, you did mention. Um, hey, Sandy. Yes. Hey, Sandy. Yeah, thank you. And, and you talked a little bit about the Polaris album, which I also have on vinyl. Uh, uh, and just to show you up, I have both copies, the RSD uh, exclusive, which today is, that we're recording is Record Store Day. And I've been sick this week and completely forgot that it was Record Store Day, but I wouldn't have gone anyway since I'm kind of still ill. That's why my voice is more deep and gravelly than usual. I was also that same week uh, by release. I, I was actually I actually recorded it like two, maybe a month prior. I was on the the Nostalgia Test podcast um, where they they put stuff from the nineties and eighties and what what we remember from our childhood to the test, the Nostalgia Test. And it was also a musical episode, which was interesting. They had both Andrew and I pick nineties um, power ballads. To bring in and uh andrew couldn't make it andrew works for a living and he's currently killing himself with two jobs so um that's why i'm doing the the promo <laughs> circuit and uh he's you know make, making money like normal people do we both had two power ballads they had two power ballads which 90s power ballads is kind of like a hard thing to to, to define because when i think power ballads i think like hair metal power ballads oh yeah yeah, yeah. um which is 80s but uh, they just meant like, like love ballads, like ballad ballads. Well, so uh, you could do like 90s. a Celine Dion song or something. Okay. Yeah. Celine Dion was picked. Right, yes. Yeah. But I went with a weird subversive pick. Uh, I did Temple of the Dog, um, Say Hello to Heaven, because it does technically still fit the power ballad trope that they were the, the broader definition that they picked while being a grunge song. Um, I'm from Seattle, so I, I kind of you got you got to stick up for the for the grunge, yeah. Ex exactly, and um, so that that was that was the interesting choice that I brought. Uh, I think we also did Meatloaf, and can't remember. Oh, I think I'm pretty sure Guns N' Roses got got on there because uh, their their last big album was early '90s. You know, before Chinese Democracy and that. Yeah, I was gonna way. say, are you really discounting Chinese Democracy? Absolutely, I am. <laughs> Fair. And then yesterday, I recorded with uh, All Nineties Action all the time, even though they've stopped doing uh, weekly episodes. Um, Scott's trying to keep it alive because uh, he has an interview lined up for ne next year that uh, really excites him. So they're trying to keep that podcast. Craig and Scott, uh, they're trying to keep that podcast from shuffling off while they do their own podcasts themselves. Um, but we talked about 
um, Con Air because it's the 25th anniversary of Con Air, and that comes out um, on the 25th anniversary of Con Air in June, on June 6th. And now I'm here. Now you're here. And also, you've got a uh, anniversary episode coming up on your show. Big second birthday, I believe? Yes, two-year anniversary extravaganza. Uh, we did a one-year last year. That's actually how we kind of met you. Um, uh, you did a... Uh, yeah. One of the, I think one of the best skits um, or descendants. So, so for our two-year anniversary uh, episode, we look back at the, the past year and we do like clip packages and uh, Andrew and I both give our top five favorite moments. We have the opportunity for um, people to just come on and wish us uh, a, a good one year last year and um, throw it out to, to our podcast Twitter uh, community um, as a way to, you know, Hey, say something nice about us, but you know, say it, promote yourself and, you know, kind of, it was a great way to, to, to give back and to, to network with everyone. And uh, that's how we, we met Link. And then eventually uh, we had you both on for our uh, 12 Days of Christmas specials this past. Yeah, yep, that, was, that fun. was very fun. Yeah, uh, we picked the worst, probably the worst episode of Power Rangers pre-2015. Probably, yeah, probably. It's nice to, to make the small connections. Um you know, halfway through the year, and then we could be like, oh, hey, you want to come on our show later uh, in in six months and hang out with us and watch some 90s garbage? We've got a very fun little thing for your anniversary episode as well. I believe you said you, you weren't going to listen to it until the episode, so you guys can have a live reaction. Yes, uh, your, I mean, yours specifically, I am saving because I know it's going to be good. You said it's a sketch and it has a decent length to it. Uh, so I'm going to make sure to feature that prominently in the episode when I'm structuring it. Uh, well, so I also, I started streaming last month uh, on twitch.tv slash somtendo, S-O-M-M Tendo, uh, as a way to kind of get back into to wine edutainment. But um Mixing that with with Nintendo um, video games because uh, I I just wanted to do Twitch streaming for a little while. We haven't even gotten into this magazine yet. And another thing we have not done yet, we haven't talked to our other special guest for these episodes, Newsy. Let's let's throw things over to Newsy really fast. It's August 1993. UB40's I Can't Help Fallen in Love With You remains at number one for the entire month of August. The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, debuts and goes on to gross over $183 million. And the Midwest deals with the fourth and final month of the Great Flood of 93, with flooding having occurred in the Black, Redwood, Missouri, and Mississippi Rivers, among others, causing billions in damages. Officially, the death toll is counted to 32, though many speculated could have been as high as 50. Some areas, such as Grafton, Illinois, would end up being flooded for nearly 200 days. Back to you, Brandon, Emmy Zero, and Steampunk Link. Thank you, Newsy. Um, Newsy! I, I don't know where you all were in 1993, but I was in the Midwest, uh, my, my hometown, and I remember the Great Flood in 93 pretty well. Um, luckily, I was in an area where I was not directly affected by it, but... I remember that being a, a very big deal. I, I was in the southeast and uh, we had all of this stuff going on with a couple of really extreme like 
big hurricanes around that time. So I think people around there were more focused on that. We didn't really talk much about the Great Flood of 93 in, in our area, uh, just because it was ways away and we had other other bad weather stuff going yeah, yeah. on. Uh, OK, so actually, I, w- I want to talk about something really fast. This is just this really weird thing that I remember being on the news constantly when the flood of 93 was happening around um, St. Louis. Um, there was this guy who was just going around helping people in a little um, canoe or kayak or something. And everybody just started calling him too tall because he was this very tall man. And he was just going around just wow. in this little canoe helping people out, you know, <laughs> with, with the floodwaters and everything. It was like, yeah, it's like a folk. Yeah, ex- exactly. Cool. Yeah, it was it was just this really weird thing. I wonder wonder whatever happened to that guy. I wonder, I uh, I'll be honest. I was in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so. While it felt like it was flooding outside, um, it was just raining. And uh, all, I, all I could remember is uh, I'm going to be at 500 miles playing on the uh, car radio because I was probably four and unable to choose my own music. This was another thing I mentioned on Jace's show, but I feel like I'm, I always end up on podcasts where I am the oldest person there by a good amount. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's OK. You're a, you're an elder millennial. I am. I am the elderest millennial, apparently. Anyway, uh, the fugitive. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie on TNT or something. It was at some on. Point. Yeah, it was. It was on various cable stations. Like every every Saturday, it felt like for a long time. Uh, good movie. Good yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. Probably yeah, good, good movie. Probably yeah. one of the best like adaptations of a TV show into a movie that that's been made. I think. I was about to say Mission Impossible, but then I remembered two and three. Three's okay. Well, I think what we can all agree on is that the Mission Impossible movie series didn't really get good until five, but whatever. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, First one's first one's all right. First one's all right. Um, but yeah, the fugitive, uh, it's a good movie. Uh, it was the first of a number of Tommy Lee Jones chases a guy movies that were very prominent in, in the nineties. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, it, it led to a really good Simpsons joke as well. So, so do we want to talk about this Nintendo power cover? It's Vega. <clears throat> Vega. He, he looks Absolutely. Like he, yeah, it's yeah. Cover. I I kind of like it. I, I kind of like. This I did too, actually. I I kind of ragged on it a little bit uh, before, but uh, it's a good cover, and it is um, as we'll see, much much better as a piece of art than than what we're gonna get in the actual article about Street Fighter Two Turbo. So <laughs> yeah, uh, enjoy it while it lasts, folks. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, putting Vega on the cover was smart. You got to put one of the bosses on there. Because yeah, that's right. Because that's thing. the big deal with yeah. Turbo is that the bosses are playable. Vega's he's just a, a cool looking character. So I, I kind of like this background, too, a little bit. You know, it's it's simple, but it's, it's got some strong colors going. And, and yeah, I like it when the Nintendo power covers aren't too busy. And this one has like a pretty nice like design sense to it. Like they're given space to like, you know, the big block letters and the Nintendo Power logo and everything. So, yeah, I think I think they did a good job with this one. You obviously since you've been doing it in chronological order. But for me, it's just just to see it again. It's just like this is before they started doing the digital covers. This is still hand drawn art and it's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and that's great. Yeah. Honestly, like looking at the later Nintendo Power issues where they did start doing the digital art does kind of bum me out because this stuff looks so cool. Well, so it's interesting when you told me what issue we were doing, I I instantly picked it out as the, the Vega cover. 
when you look at old copy, like when people bring up old school Nintendo Power that aren't you two because you do it regularly, they will show the, the first one with the the like weird clay Super Mario Brothers two cover, um, and then for sure they definitely show this one Vega uh, for Street Fighter two Turbo. Um, I'm trying to remember other ones that are just like seared into my mind from just seeing it in media because. Um, like this, this is one cover that I remember. I didn't read Nintendo Power when I was four because I was reading only at a kindergarten level at that point, probably, um, maybe first grade. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't have Nintendo Power until I was probably seven, eight. Uh, but I, I, this, this cover is is in my head as one of the classic Nintendo Power covers for some reason. Yeah, it, it's a really good one, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think, you know, like a, a lot of times other, you know, other iconic covers. I think like the Mario 3 one is pretty classic. The DuckTales one is is one that stands out in my mind a lot. Um, the Mega Man 3 one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> With the, the really ugly one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jafar was on one. I think that's right. Yeah. Th- that's one that you would think was just like stock Disney art that they got from Disney to put on the cover, but no, like all these covers are drawn by like a contractor, um, from what I understand. So, and a lot of them are very good at looking on model for, you know, whatever animated franchise they're, they're trying to go for there. So a lot of them are very impressive. Um, but anyway, let's crack this one open. Um, right out of the gate here. Uh, I'm noticing we've got the best play here. Is this the first time we've seen that slogan used in the yeah, magazine? Yeah, I think so. I think this is a new ad. Um, so yeah, cause they're, they're advertising, not discounted, but this sort of stripped down, uh, super Nintendo set. That's just like a, a super Nintendo and a controller. And it's like, yeah, but look at all these games that you can buy for it. There's a lot of them now. And some of them are pretty good. I definitely remember the best play here. I think that's like the new slogan after now you're playing with power, superpower, which was sort of like the evolution of the now you're playing with power sloganing that they used for yeah. the NES. Uh, but yeah. we're not quite in the play it loud era yet. We will get. Yeah, there I think I think people tend not to remember the best play here just because it was so thoroughly pushed out by play it loud. But yeah, uh, a nice kind of cozy little little ad there uh not trying to be like super in your face or anything i think it's i think the price is interesting i it was was the super nintendo only 100 or was so the stripped down set doesn't come with the second controller and it doesn't come with a game either i yeah i think that's the thing here because uh, yeah the the super nintendo when it came out was more expensive than this but it also came with a pack-in game and a second controller as well. later on they would have the promotion where you'd get super mario all-stars mm-hmm. if you mailed in for it even if you bought this stripped down set and at that point like that's a freaking mm-hmm. bargain right there like a hundred bucks and you get this and and because i think they gave you they this, gave you the, the version that had mario world in it yeah 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 so. exactly so we'll move on to Player's Pulse, which I don't think I've got really a whole lot to say about this one. Um, there's a, a trucker talking about the time he almost ran over a Game Boy game because it frustrated him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he almost ran over the Game Boy. Like I think he was going to crush the whole thing with the wheel of his truck, uh, which seems like a lot. That seems like kind of an overreaction. We also have somebody challenging uh, Jeff Hansen to a duel in Street Fighter 2. 
the text of the magazine kind of politely declines that one. <laughs> It'll link to the past. I've got every item and have beat it in five hours. Oh, yeah. The, the bragging is very with, funny. With there. under 10 lives lost. Uh, I can beat Link to the Past without losing lives. <laughs> it's like, that's great, kid. I've I've got a gold cup in every Mario Kart track except for this <laughs> one. You know, it's like, I, mm, mm. I don't know. If, if you don't yeah. have them all, I don't know if you're going to, like, take any world champion to task. But I have to say, playing 150cc on Super Mario Kart is freaking hard uh, to do. It, true. Um, yes. it, it, yeah, it is. It is not it as is, easy yeah. as say 150 cc on any subsequent Mario. Yeah, no, you're, you're not. You're not wrong. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we got the uh, uh, contest winner for the NCAA uh, Final Four March Madness thing. Um, some awkward pictures of a guy next to a really big inflatable basketball. It looks like a fun trip, and uh, a little fun bait and switch in the editor's corner. Where uh, where Gail Tilden is like, I got good news and bad news. Let's start with the good news. Uh, there's all these awesome games coming. And then at the end, it's like, <laughs> I was just kidding about the bad news. Oh, she got us. She got us. All right. And then we turn the page and. Street Fighter 2 Turbo, there is a lot of Street Fighter 2 Turbo happening here. Yeah. This is so I want to say this is a good feature. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. this one. It's it's cool. It's well laid out. It's pretty novel in how they decided to approach promoting this new version of an already very popular game. I don't understand what's going on with these character drawings, though. Like they are the wildest stuff. Like, truly. I mean, Street Fighter 2 was so big that like just every publishing company you can imagine was putting out their own guides for it. And every it seemed like there was like a million and one different versions of these characters, you know, like drawn in all these different ways. Yeah, I kind of love it. I love just like looking through and being like, okay, is this art from something else or is this just like something that they did in house at Nintendo Power? I think this is I have to imagine they must have done this themselves. Yes, I can't see how like they would reuse this art after it was already published somewhere else. It's definitely not the Capcom Turbo no. that I'm familiar oh, with. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Which face do you guys like the most? Uh, Balrog, of course. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, he, he looks like he just wants to give you a loving embrace, you know, like he just wants a Balrog hug. Balrog is good. I am personally a very big fan of Guile and Ken here. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, uh, yeah. Look at Guile's sad little eyes, though. I mean, I think what they're trying to do is draw like a full body like action pose based on the like, oh, you know, end of match art. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, the, like they're trying to draw because I think that the guile is supposed to look like the guile in the screenshot that's mm-hmm. up top above the American flag. And uh, man, uh, it's really something. Uh, he's got the littlest eyes and it kind of just looks like a regular sized face has been shrunk down onto uh onto a much bigger head i just want to say balrog's hair is the standard me the standard me hair for, for you're right <laughs> it, it uh <laughs> so apparently this artist kept uh was still employed by nintendo a decade or two later yeah ken's face kind of looks like it it, it was a lot nicer years ago and then uh, an amateur tried to touch it up uh Yes. <laughs> you know what it, I mean? I understood that <laughs> reference. That's pretty spot on. Chun Li also got done dirty too. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 
but just the face. Who, whoever did like whoever drew these is, is not great with the face. No, they're um, a fair bit better at the like bodies, um, though. There is a really not great at perspective. Yeah, they're not yeah. great at perspective. The the foreshortening on Zangief is brutal. Uh, <laughs> it's um, it's real weird looking. So just to kind of describe what this article actually is, um, basically, uh, they're trying to give you a rundown character by character on like what's new and different about the characters that are coming back that were playable before. So each one of them pretty much gets like a, a full page spread. And uh, we also get uh, those for the the newly playable boss characters and um, uh, some power rankings, uh, ability charts uh, for for different uh, different facets of like how how effective they are as a playable char- character and the projected win percent uh, against other characters. Do you guys agree with these? What do you think about this stuff? I, like, I, I, I'm a little suspect on a fi- on a, on some of it personally. I, I don't know if I could really say how accurate I think any of this is because I it, I I really haven't dived into this in a big way for a long time. I'm not sure I even know. Uh, seeing as I just learned like two days ago that uh, how to do the power moves on the uh, the heavy characters uh-huh. uh, in Street Fighter 2. So like I think had I owned this copy of Nintendo Power as a kid, I would have been a much better Street Fighter character and like arcade cabinet yeah. fighter character in general because I didn't know about like I didn't know I knew I knew how to do Hadoukens, um, but I I always liked playing as uh, Guile and um, I didn't know that he was a heavy character. So you have to do like opposite direction hold and then forward punch, or forward direction plus punch for his yeah he's he's a charger yeah yeah charge yeah charger that's the that's the term like they had the moves in the bottom left corner for each one which. Yeah, it's kind of just a copy and paste for both of them, even though I found it interesting that uh, the standard fighters where you do this circle, you circle the pad and then hit the button. Uh, some of them only do like a half circle. I didn't realize that I've just been mashing buttons all my life. Um, but yes, I, I feel like this is uh, the projected wins is also helpful, kind of. Uh, like based off the stats that they have for the abilities charts and then looking at the projected wins, those don't match up. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking. It's like, mm, I'm not sure this this really shakes out, but I'm also not nearly familiar enough with like the intricacies of playing this version of Street Fighter to be able to make that call. Like this is, like I said, I, I think a really solid feature that does both double as like a thing to get you hyped for the new version of the game and a pretty good little like mini strategy guide for it. I appreciate how thorough it is. And uh, I honestly don't remember what the first version of Street Fighter 2 I played was, but um, I think if I'd been really hardcore into the original version i still would have been excited about this just because of all the stuff in here they featured ken first and more prominently uh in in this um yeah uh, there's a point somewhere somewhere else in in this or it might have been the top of the article where they're like uh guile ken chun li return and i'm like ken ken's the clone ken's the 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 ryu clone isn't he i think a lot of North American publications um, really centered on 
Ken and Guile as the two Americans in the cast, the American protagonists. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big thing. I mean, like they did the movie where Guile was the main character later on. Yeah, I think I think that was why. Yeah, um, they do mention that that Ryu won the original Street Fighter tournament, but like it's kind of just tossed off and, uh, you know, not really made a big deal of, even though it's like, yeah, that, that does kind of mean that this is like the guy to watch in this, isn't it? They have the same abilities and like pretty much the same moves, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, so, they do. That's like they're, yeah. they're built to be clones of each other. Yet the projected winds are completely different. Uh, I know it's weird. Well, I mean, by yeah. Super Street Fighter Two, Ken and Ryu have got you know some things to differentiate them. I don't know if this game really has much to separate them at all yet, or or if they're essentially you know Echo Fighters, if you want to use that terminology. <laughs> We got zombies ate my neighbors next. Yeah, uh, I've never played this one. So yeah, really? Yeah, no, I missed this completely back in the day. So oh, so wow. yeah. Um, so so I played this because this game came with a van that my parents bought. Really? It came with a van. My parents bought a van that had like a a little TV in it, a VCR on one side, and a Super Nintendo on the other. And the game that came in it was Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Well, dang. Okay. <laughs> It's a tricked out van. Um, it was a tricked out van. It was pretty cool. Uh, and um, yeah, this is a really good game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a top down shooter where you got to save people before they get eaten by various monster movie monsters. Uh, Two player co-op, which is a lot of fun. And, you know, I mean, hey, it's a LucasArts game. And I'm thinking once again, this is all Nintendo power art because the cover of this game does not have like any original art assets of the main characters. It's, it's just kind of like photographs and a, with a sepia tone sort of giving like a, uh, an old timey zombie movie movie yeah. sort of vibe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the way the characters are drawn in this is definitely the way the Nintendo power artists like to draw cool people. So yes, you know, yeah. And also, so, you know, the, I, I think you're yeah. on the money there. And the, the main image here for the logo looks like it is uh, just like that same artist sort of doing their interpretation of that cover. Um, I think it's pretty good. I, I think so too. I will say, I think this issue maybe has the most original art in it that we've seen since like the anniversary issue. Uh, like it's, there's a lot going on in most of these. Spreads, but, uh, do, and it's do, cool. do you mean the, the bonus issue, the Mickey mouse one? Yes. That, yeah. that is what I mean. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the bonus issue that came out at the start of the year. Um, and yeah, like uh, this is a, a game that clearly has like quite a bit going on in it. So they've got a few pages to go through this stuff here. They've they've got the, uh, you know, big spread on all of the different collectible items and weapons and stuff. Uh, and we got some sort of classic Nintendo Power stage layouts with things highlighted. And I, I, I like this stuff because I feel like this is a game that lends itself really well to uh, to, to this kind of like, you know, uh, blown out, you know, explanation of, of like, you know, what you're doing. And, and like, it's got cool stuff about like shortcuts and little tips and stuff here. And uh, yeah, it makes me makes me excited to play it. Definitely. It's a shame that that game was never big enough to get like its own strategy guide, because, you know, unfortunately, all we get here are just kind of like very random levels plucked from, you know, various parts of the game. We got level one, level four, level 12, 22, 25, 29. That's a lot of boards. 
I, I also want to say uh, there's some some purple goo all over these mm. pages. Uh, I do think in a different magazine that goo probably would have been red. I think it is purple because if I'm remembering correctly, like uh, a, a purple ooze effect dripping from the top of the screen oh, okay. is, is like the game over screen for this game. Oh, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I was like, oh, that's clearly supposed to be blood, but it, it can't do it because it's Nintendo power. Yeah. But no, you know what? If it's actually purple goo in the game, then uh Fair, fair, fair play. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I'm mistaken. My only complaint is that uh, on one of the purple glue or purple goo blobs, uh, blurbs. Excuse me. Um, there's uh, there's this weird kerning thing where it says Mars may hem, and there's a space between may uh, may and hem. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell if that's a space or if it's just kerning. Uh, difficulties between the line and the age but other than that it's a, it's a beautiful beautiful article that really bugged me that really bugged me <laughs> i i can understand that um mm-hmm. we do have uh this this very good caption uh bad baby is it worth a one-up to tackle the baby uh it's like i mean always right and, and then they just have a giant baby filling the rest of the space it's a giant baby yep. Uh, I didn't realize this game had so much stuff in it beyond zombies, actually. So yeah, uh, it, it's, that's pretty it's cool. Got a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, in fact, there's a secret level that I don't think they talk about here that actually has uh, tentacles from like the Maniac Mansion. Day oh, of the that's fine. Uh, Neat. Yeah. How many levels are cool. there? Because like I think the the highest they they show is level twenty nine. Yeah, I think there's. Um, I think there's thirty with a few bonus levels, okay. and also like the credits are its own level as well. Oh, that's cool. Hey, everyone. A couple of corrections really fast uh, about what I just said there. Um, There's actually 48 stages in the game. And also, um, the purple goo uh, was the result of censorship, but it was actually Nintendo censoring LucasArts, telling them that it had to be purple goo in their game and not blood. So Emmy was partially right when she assumed that that was the result of some censorship. So just wanted to clarify. There's a lot of stuff in this game. It's got a lot of character. It's, it's a very cool game. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you think of it, Emmy. That's coming up really soon, right? I mean, it's in this issue, so probably, probably before the end of the year. Uh, September 1993. Yeah, okay. Okay. So we'll yeah. be playing that before too, too long. Yeah, that, that makes sense if it's in this issue. Um, Alien 3, we talked about this one a while ago. Yeah, it's actually weird to me that they're covering this one now because this game has been out for like a minute. Yeah, I, with, I mean, the caveat that, like, you know, our list is as accurate as we know it can be. It's possible that, like, maybe yeah, it was wrong. That's, Who knows? That's that's true, too. Yeah. Um, um, but but yeah, uh, this was a fun game. I remember yeah. us liking this one quite a bit. Uh, you liked this one a whole lot. Uh, I did. I, I thought yeah. this one was I this one really impressed me. I, I wasn't expecting much from a licensed game like this, and I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty well put together. Um, I thought the mission um, structure where you've got, you know, several different missions to tackle in one area was uh, a, a, a cool way to approach a game like this. Yeah, so. and it's kind of a little self-directed as well. It's like you could pick which mission you wanted to do and then sort of go off to whatever part of the big area you were in that had that mission in it. So, yeah, uh, cool. Um, once again, not very much like that movie. That movie is not a thing that lends itself. That game would that, that movie would lend itself well to like a clock tower style like survival horror game. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, 
Uh, this is a much more of like a run and gun actioner. So, yeah. yeah. Survival horror on the SNES in North America. Perish the thought. Impossible. Yeah. Can't be done. Yeah. I'd say I, I love that you go, you, you two go through and um, have to do all of the, these old time movie and TV show tie in uh, episodes and then compare to, or not episodes, video games and then have to compare it to how they are versus what the actual plot of the movie was. Um, just because this is that era of, Oh, Hey, uh, Terminator two, uh, endless shooter where you're the Terminator. That's a great, great, yeah. great game. <laughs> or, or like toy story. You're a toy in a platforming game. Just, you know, make things that make sense. There are definitely like a few different, strata i think of licensed games like there's some that are very good uh and and some that are clearly like a thing where it's just like yeah these people had six months to make this game and no real sense of what the movie was so they just did something like it's it's always cool when you can see that like they really tried to get across something uh some, something specific to like maybe not the movie that maybe not that specific movie, but to like the franchise it's a part of mm-hmm. uh, because, yeah, like I think that Alien three, like it's a pretty good aliens game. It's just, you know. Yeah, exactly. Not it, it, it's a yeah. really good alien game, even if it is not a good alien three game specifically. I, I also like that uh, in every issue, because they've talked about multiple different alien three games for, for different Nintendo platforms at this point. Every time they, they do it, they have to mention the fact that in the movie, uh, like the planet that it takes place on specifically does not have any kind of firearms on it, but the game does. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, I guess they didn't want to have Ripley just going around trying to hit the aliens with an ax. So yeah, just smack them on the nose with a rolled up newspaper. Yep. Yeah. Bad so is this, is this a, a Metroidvania type game or is it not exactly? It's, it's a little it's not really a Metroidvania type of game because it doesn't really do the like gear gating mm-hmm. that that a Metroidvania would do. This is more almost more like an open world game. Honestly, oh. it's like you're in a big interconnected facility and you get missions from various computer terminals that are scattered around it. And then you have to go to a particular part of the facility and carry out that mission and those can be like kill these enemies here or turn off the fire turn on the fire suppression system or save these these you know prisoners who are are trapped in cocoons you know Uh, and then like more missions open up as you do those so it's it's more that kind of thing which is kind of an unusual setup for for a super nintendo game there's not really a whole lot else like that I mean, even just looking at the screenshots, which they kind of the, the graphics look good. Uh, yeah, like, the graphics are very good. Yeah, yeah Ripley's r- r- pretty well animated. Yeah, they kind of got on the right side of doing like digitized graphics in this game where it's like a little bit stylized, but it still looks like real enough that it's got kind of like a pop to it. And um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's cool. Well, hopefully they released on the uh, whatever the virtual console is now on the Switch. The the Nintendo Switch Online, that. yeah, probably, yeah, uh, probably not. Given that there'd be all these different licenses that they would have to wade through to make that happen, that was the most disappointing thing about every single game featured in this is that um, none of them were on a virtual that virtual. That system. is a bummer, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if only there was some other way. Uh, well, I mean, I think I accidentally bought one of the SNES NES minis that were uh, jailbroke for me, so. Nice. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. Yeah, uh, who, who can say, really? game you don't need to pirate because it is actually available in in some good modern versions is the poster for is the one that's on the poster for this month rock and roll racing uh pretty cool poster there i like that one a lot uh i i don't know if that's just like an expanded out version of the game's like box art but uh it uh it, it has some cool heads on it and a cool future car so yeah this is a really good good poster i'm always bummed that they always have to put like the coming soon to your you know like like, oh, by the way, this is marketing, just in case you were confused about that. Like, just let it be a cool poster, guys. Come on. You don't need to put that there. Well, I feel like they remedied that by the 2000s. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and we got Nestor's Adventures. Uh... This is a bad one, even for Nestor, honestly. Like, I could I can't even parse the last panel as a joke. I mean, I guess the joke is that, like, I will say who, but now he's saying who me. And, you know, that's the joke. That's the joke. Yeah. This one is so just like scattershot. It, it's like it's not trying to build up to a punchline unless like. Yeah. You know, you consider that. Yeah, I, like, I think that's sort of what I mean. It's like I can't get like a there's no like structure to this. It's just like Nestor doing some fighting some skeletons in what is presumably the Link's Awakening world. Yeah. They need to stop with Nestor. To be fair, they they did set up the hoo-hoo uh, punchline by doing the first thing um, the is it Kapoor Gamora says uh-huh. is hoo-hoo at the, at the beginning. So mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense. True. It's True. not funny, right. but it makes sense. No, you're, you're right. You're right. I'll be honest. Uh, I didn't I didn't even realize this was supposed to be a uh, a adventures or not Link's adventure. Um Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening yeah. Parody. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad, right? Like it's like that's not that should be clearer. You're you're Nintendo, you should be able to to do the actual like keys and Stalfos yeah. and Right, why why aren't these actual Stalfos? That he's fighting, like I don't understand. Poor Gamora is a little bit bigger than that, and that's not a master sword. Yeah, it's like a saber or a cutlass. It's like a cutlass. Something. It's like a pirate's yeah. cutlass. Yeah, yeah, that's so weird. Like the thing that strikes me about this is like you could take those last two panels and just swap them with the two panels above them, and like the comic, like it, it almost reads better. Like I think that like the the jokey joke he does in the second to last. Uh, row there um, where yeah, he tells the, the bird you had your cover last month uh, after the bird tells him to take cover like that that's maybe like a slightly more clever joke than what they use as the ultimate punchline for this one uh-huh. you could just like swap the positioning of those two jokes and this still works as well as it works at all <laughs> yeah I don't know man they need to stop with the Nestor comics they're getting worse yeah yeah we, we can only hope that Nestor isn't much longer for this magazine. He just hasn't been the same since Howard left. Kapora Gabora is is uh like supposed to be twice the size of the kid. Yeah, yeah, that's a big owl. And here he's nothing like that. Maybe Nestor is just an unusually large child. And and that's why they had to replace uh the Link's sword with a cutlass. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. it would have been like a toothpick, you know. Yeah. 
did someone say Goof Troop? Yeah, Goof Troop's next. We got Goof Troop here. Um, this was a good game. This was a good game. We just played this. Yeah. Um, last last episode, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a really fun one. Again, it's got some two-player co-op going on here. This would be a really great game for, like, actual parents to play with their kids. Like, you know, you got, you got Goofy and his son Max, and, you know, you could be the Goofy with you know playing this with your kid be, be the cool dad like goofy is goofy a cool dad I, no yeah. no goofy no. is like i mean he's a great dad but he's not cool <laughs> okay <laughs> like that's literally what a goofy movie is about it's about right, goofy yeah. being like an extremely embarrassing dad that is not cool at all speaking of goofy not being cool what do we think of this goofy drawing that i'm uh, guessing is an weirded Nintendo out. Power i'm weirded out by it like that's <laughs> the weirdest the most strangely proportioned goofy he's like really squashed and his his uh nose part his snout is really it's like a big like a like a, a submarine sandwich yeah it's it's off just enough that like i yeah it, it's upsetting, but everything else I think is just like Disney art. I I think that goofy looks to me like they had, they had this amount of space <laughs> on the layout and they were like, okay, just draw goofy to fill that space. I don't care how he ends up, but do it. So. Like, like if Photoshop existed back then, this has been horizontally stretched and squashed vertically to fit the area. But yeah, we get some we get some extensive uh, walkthroughs of some levels here. Yeah, almost. This might be like almost the entire game. It's almost the whole game, I think. Yeah, like I think they did. They did the thing that they, they frequently do where they, they left off kind of the very last bit of it as a surprise for, for the player. But yeah, like they really go through a lot of this game here. There's only like five boards on this or five stages in this game, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it uh, might yeah, be the whole game. It's not, not a long. Sure. Yeah, it's not a, a really long game, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, uh, th- it may not seem like it from this, but and especially when you have every all the the like puzzles like explained out and everything. But mm-hmm. these are pretty expansive levels. Like these are pretty pretty big, uh, like meaty feeling stages. So this isn't like a really short feeling game, but it does not have that many levels. And I think that they've got, they're going through most of them, if not all of them here. So, yeah. I've never actually played this game, but I did, I did see the game grumps try and fail to play this game. Uh, it looked fun. It is a fun game. It's, it's cool. I've never gotten to play it co-op, but I think it would probably be at its best in co-op. I've seen some cool speed runs of this. Uh, people have done some neat things with, with that. This is a neat game. And it is also, I, I like that it is fairly different from other Capcom Disney games. Like they made, uh, you know, a bunch of them that were, you know, various flavors of, of sort of action platformer or side scroller. And I think it's cool. They did something a little different with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that they're branching out a bit. I, yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. Well, let's take a, a little trip over to Mario, England with a friend, <laughs> Nigel. Hello, Nigel. 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 Oh, man. Uh, another game that we just talked yeah. about, actually. Uh, didn't have as many good things to say about this one as we did uh, uh, Goof Troop, but that could also partially be down to genre because uh, uh, I don't think that this really did a whole lot for either of us, but uh they are really pushing this game, though. This is the first of several times in this uh, in this issue that Nigel Mansell's World Championship Racing is going to come well, up. Apparently, they put it out on everything as well because there's a an NES and a Game Boy version of it 
that are also coming out around the same time, it would seem. so. And they will talk about Nigel Mansell again in the CES coverage, so... Yeah. Yep. Um, good old, good old Nigel. Um, Brandon, you an F one fan at all? Uh, I mean, I I, I like F one, but I, not enough to follow it or go out of my way to watch it. So they do all the track layouts here. They show those. They do actually show a little bit of um, what the the other versions of this look like. And uh, they also talk about the one probably pretty distinct feature this has, which is the Nigel's advice. Uh, mode or the the Mansell's advice mode, uh, where where he gives you uh, advice on how to keep to the best racing line on these various courses, which I think is a kind of kind of a unique kind of a unique thing for uh, for for games of this vintage. So yeah, uh, definitely pretty cool. Uh, once again, though, I, I think if you're not really an F1 fan, like a hardcore F1 fan, uh, this game doesn't really have a whole lot to offer over other racing games on the Super Nintendo. So, is it, you know, is it more difficult? Like, um, like it's a little sim it's a little simier uh it's a little bit more you know it does actually want you to like let off the brake and you know try to to you know corner better than just like kind of slamming around uh around the turns uh, it's, it's just it's not it's not rad racer with uh, a mode eight yeah mode seven yeah yeah not quite um you know it's a little bit a little bit more uh technical than that but okay yeah, I, I do have to say you brought it up um, the the game on eight bits segment. I I thought that was a great great way to kind of show the difference between them because you don't you don't get that a lot. There is a little bit of a trend in this issue that I didn't notice in earlier ones of trying to do a little bit more of like consumer advising sort of thing uh, where they do have these comparisons and later on we'll get an article explaining that there are. Sometimes uh, the names for games can be confusing, and sometimes yes. there are games on different systems with the same name, but that are, in fact, completely different. So show, show this to your parents. <laughs> yeah, like I think that they don't want any uh, angry parents calling Nintendo being like, I thought we were getting this game, but we weren't. We got this other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, good for them, because like that did super suck as a kid when that kind of thing would happen. Oh, you got me the PlayStation version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I have a Nintendo 64. Great. Thanks. We got classified information coming up here. Uh, anything, anything jumping out to, to you, to, to you guys about this one. So remember earlier how I said none of these games in this, uh, issue are on the, uh, Nintendo online super yeah. Valus four. Or how yep. There's one. That. Yep. Yeah. So I tested yeah. it out and it is correct. You can get easy mode and play that game if it strikes your fancy. Nice. I think that is probably the only way I would want to try to play that game again, because it's not that fun and it's extremely difficult. So, uh, yeah. did we already play Super Valus? We, did, we did play Super Valus for <laughs> actually a, a while ago. The Valus series is weird because it came out on a few different systems and they are pretty different. Uh, I think it was like a, a, a Japanese like PC game. Uh, originally mm-hmm. as a series. And uh, one of the big things about it was that it had um, these, uh, for the time, extremely elaborate 
uh, animated cutscenes that were actually on like a separate disc that you would have to put into your computer to run and then put the game disc back in to play the game. And also it was a game series that was like borderline unplayable at first. And then like by the time they were a few games into it, the games were much were, were, were much more solidly made. And they like went back and remade the first one so that it wasn't unplayable <laughs> anymore. So it's a really weird series with a really like scattershot release history. But for some reason, we got a version of Super Valis, a, a, a Valis 4 on the Super Nintendo. And for some reason, again, it is on <laughs> the Nintendo Switch online. And I have no idea why. I have to say, I am going to be uh, keeping this issue around for when the Ninja Turtles, um, like, classic pack comes oh, out yeah, in yeah. a few months. Because they have Turtles, in, or Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. Um, and, you know, you never know when you need an extra life or two. I'm, I'm really glad that collection is coming out because it, it is going to have the Super Nintendo version of Turtles in Time on it, which is the best version by far. Uh, and hasn't been available for like a long time. So, you know what I'm I'm most excited for the Game Boy games because I had Ninja Turtles three foot fall the Foot Clan and I do not know where that cartridge ran off to. So, do you think if you had the extra man code for Batman Returns when you two played it, would you have enjoyed the game more? I think so, probably. <laughs> Because I remember you not enjoying. I mean, it's like a game I think we wanted to enjoy more than we did uh, just because it it was it was kind of ridiculously hard in some cases. So I think having the extra man code for that probably would have helped. Yeah, I think the first I think the first um, play of power episode that I heard you guys do was uh, the Batman Return issue. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so that just that brought it up in my mind as I was reading this for prep today. You know, um, hearing it called an extra man code gives me like nostalgia tingles because like, that that's like the terminology that we used back then and do, do not use anymore. Like, oh, you can get an extra man here. Yeah. Granted, it's uh, not very inclusive. An extra Batman. <clears throat> it's an extra. In this case, it's an extra Batman. So you know, we can we can give it a a pass on that, I guess, but yeah. Uh, oh, I thought it was interesting. The Magman three passcodes were different across all the, um, like it's, it said that the NES codes are different than the game boy codes. Um, yeah, well they'd have to be cause the NES codes had like two different color dots that you could use. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. that makes more sense. I don't think they explained that in, in this. They're just like, it's different codes. They're, they're completely different. Well, I mean, they were kind of different games because they'd give you, you know, like you'd have to fight four robot masters from the NES Mega Man 3. But then, mm-hmm. you know, instead of giving you the other four, you would fight four robot masters from Mega Man 4, uh-huh. uh, which I, I always thought that was kind of an interesting way of going about that and making those games a little bit different. I'll be honest, I didn't have Mega Man 3 for Game Boy. Yeah, I, I, I played very few of these Mega Man Game Boy games, but it seems like something that would be interesting to go back to. Maybe someday if we're just going to commit the rest of our lives to doing like a, a Game Boy escapades. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to be playing so many Sokoban games. Oh, never mind. We're not doing that series ever. No, that's not happening. Oh, I, I would gladly guest on Sol- the Solar Striker episode so that it becomes top 10. Put Put your thumb on the scale for that one. Yeah. 
Do a barrel roll. We got a Star Fox comic here. Got a Star Fox comic. Do a barrel roll. I'm I'm enjoying how weird the Star Fox comic is getting at this point. They are very off the map from anything relating to the game now. And I like that it's getting into like this weird sort of like, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's got a little bit of like a 2080 sort of edge to it at this point <laughs> that I'm kind of enjoying. <laughs> You know, we, we get like a little bit of a recap from all the characters here, letting us know that Slippy's kidnapped and they're being attacked by Stingrays and that they're out of gas. Um, but, you know, they, they quickly find out that the Stingrays, who used to be peaceful creatures, are being controlled by something. So they managed to zap the mind control things off the Stingrays. Um, I absolutely love the space battle panel of them doing that. That is a gorgeous looking panel. Yeah, we got like the kind of like pink Corona around all of the Stingrays and uh, the like kind of multicolored explosions uh, is very cool. Yeah, the, the colors in this one are just phenomenal. Like I, I've talked a lot about the coloring being, you know, uh, something I really have enjoyed about these particular comics. And this one I don't know if this was just like a, an unusually good scan that we've got access to here, but uh, the colors are popping, though. Absolutely. Oh God, they're so good. And I, I like this, all, this. This these three panels here at the bottom of the page preceding that one or uh, right before that one as well, where we got like Falco in blue and Peppy in yellow and Fox in red. I, I love that use of just like primary colors like that. I love it. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, we also get a cutaway then to. uh to to so so they're having some trouble with uh with the black hole we cut away to uh slippy uh who is is uh chained up like he's solid snake uh you know about to get tortured uh by andros of course it's andros and uh andros left you waiting huh and andros uh goes uh, explains his his tragic backstory where his parents were uh, android pigs. I don't really get that. Uh, I don't really understand why that detail is in here. But uh, yeah. So is that his father next to him? I think so. Yeah. Uh, But his parents were killed by uh, a Cornarian military experiment. So he joined the military to uh, to kind of get revenge from the inside. But he was found out exiled to a planet with some uh, lizard people and also ancient technology that he is now used to uh, harness like mind control powers, Uh, which I got to say, this comic is pretty racist against those lizard people. Uh, It's like, yeah, they're 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 too simple to have come up with with this uh incredible technology yeah. <laughs> i didn't didn't feel great about reading that um hey just because monkeys couldn't do it doesn't mean that it was aliens okay <laughs> uh, i gotta ask so his parents look like normal pigs yeah but they he calls do. them android pigs and then he has what appears to be a robot pig next to him wearing a gundam type outfit uh yes. around its pig body the color scheme and the the plating and the the vents were on his his uh, chest. It is very. It is extremely that's, Gundam. You're right. That's the RX seventy eight two, right? Seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're actually completely right. I hadn't made that connection, but yeah, man, that's a that's a Gundam pig right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my contribution for this segment. I I was I was completely lost. I was like, who? Why is there a deer with them? 
Um, oh yeah, that's like the character. That's the original character Farah that they created just for these comics. Uh, who is like, I think she's like the daughter of like the guy who designed the R wings, and uh, she is like their fifth squad mate in this. Because uh, I think they've they sort of correctly realized that it was a little weird that all of the main characters in this comic were guys. <laughs> so yeah, and, and I do like that she did not become the damsel in distress for this chapter. Uh, slippy, yeah, kick. which has happened a couple of times before, but uh, this time it's slippy. And then we have the wildest stuff in this comic, probably at <laughs> all so far, where a giant whale comes out of the black hole. Space whale. Space whale. They explain that it is like a what what's the wording they use it's a transdimensional manifestation of a starship that apparently has fox's dad on it and uh, yes. is here to help them it's like what is going on here father have we confirmed that this is not the plot of Star Fox 2 that they released recently i don't remember a space whale in that game personally yeah, I don't know. I think they're just having they're just having fun doing their their own thing at this point. So uh, actually quite looking forward to seeing what the hell happens next in this thing now. Well, I mean, his father's a space whale. His father's a space whale. It's complicated, but they can roll with it. So my father, the space whale is filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> uh, and, and this is where they got the idea for the space whales in Star Wars. So we got uh, the article now that we were sort of referencing before a nice sort of just little like informational thing uh, about the different kind of ways that game names can be confusing with some some sort of like uh, charts as examples of like, for example, here are all the Adams Family games and here's what they actually are. So. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think this is this is sort of. Uh, uh, not a problem anymore because generally now when there's a game, it's just the same on everything. Uh, but yeah, uh, very, very common back in the day for radically different games to all be released under the same name. And uh, I, uh, I, I don't blame anybody who was pretty frustrated by this back in the day. Uh, I like the first photo set of Wayne's world for the Super Nintendo and Wayne's world for the Game Boy. Uh huh. And uh, clearly, clearly they are not the same game. One appears to be a platformer on a drum set and one seems to be a platformer in a, a rock stage or something. Yep. And I'm sure they're both great. I'm sure they're both great. At least the Game Boy sprite for Wayne doesn't make me sick to my stomach the way the Super Nintendo <laughs> one does. That's true. Uh, uh, that game was pretty awful. Yeah, it was not good. It made me want to hurl. <laughs> I understood that reference. Choke, choke it back, bro. <laughs> Sorry, they, they wouldn't say bro. What am I talking about? That wasn't in the vernacular. There were a lot of these, weren't there? RoboCop games, the the various the various Star Wars games. And yeah, don't don't envy any parents trying to buy games back in the day, as we were sort of talking about before. Yeah, we got sequels with new names. And again, talking about Equinox as if that game is out. Maybe it is. I don't know. I have no idea. I think the most egregious thing on this list is Final Fantasy 3. Oh, is, yeah. Is is that Final Fantasy 6? So uh, my guess 
is that the thing they're referring to here as Final Fantasy three is probably Japanese Final Fantasy five, which I know there was I think there was a, a you know, plan to release that at some point and it just didn't end up happening because it says it says first quarter 94 and uh, in Japan it came out in April, April 94. Yeah. When did six actually end up coming out here in 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 the West? Uh, October of 94. OK, so, you know, maybe that is may, maybe that actually is what they're talking about there. But yeah, that that slipped a lot. That slipped a whole lot. Yeah. And like, man, just like the various Final Fantasy sub series that are all contained within this here. It's like, I guess it's good that probably if you were a fan of one of these, you would want the other ones too. So, you know, you wouldn't really end up that disappointed no matter which one of these you ended up getting. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how they thought this was like a good way to name these games, uh, at the time. Is this also in the text of this? Is this where they mention the business about how, like, in Europe, uh, Final Fantasy is called Mystic Quest, which is not a thing I even knew about, actually. But uh, that makes the fact that they ended up calling a game Final Fantasy Mystic Quest here in, in America extra confusing. <laughs> there's Final Fantasy Mystic Quest in then there's Mystic Quest Mystic. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they they even mentioned here, like, what will Squaresoft call its latest title in the series, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, when it reaches Europe? Mystic Quest? Mystic Quest? Question mark? They, again, don't mention that Final Fantasy 3 is Final Fantasy. No, I think they wanted to keep that on the down low uh, at this point. Well, I mean, they, there was a Player's Pulse letter where they did talk about, kind of put it out in the open, the, like, because I think that's where we got the idea that they were planning on bringing Final Fantasy V over here at one point. They're like, they were planning on making Final Fantasy V Final Fantasy III, and then presumably we would have gotten a Final Fantasy IV, which would have been Final Fantasy VI if that had happened. But um, yeah, so I'm guessing that like that just fell through for whatever reason. Final Fantasy III was slated for the first quarter, um, or well, Final Fantasy VI was slated for the first quarter in Japan, so that was the release date that they had, so that's what they put out here, because at this point the plan was Final Fantasy III is going to be the Japanese VI. Four is two. Four is two. two is, yeah, because yeah. they because they skipped the, the second and third NES uh, Famicom games. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. Woof. So confusing. Thank goodness Sony took took the reins uh for yeah it's like no it's seven just call it seven nobody will care yeah i I think that was smart makes it mysterious yeah like what what happened to all the other ones Mm -hmm. yeah and was final fantasy legend was were those the nes the one one no those were uh i think final fantasy legend ultimately is the series we now know as romancing saga and Final Fantasy Adventure was is the series we now know as Seiken Densetsu. Uh, okay. It's very confusing. I think they had basically I think they had the idea that if a game from Squaresoft was coming out here in America, it should be under if it was an RPG of some sort, it should be under the Final Fantasy name, <laughs> which was actually more confusing than if they had just called them different things. <laughs> and if you thought all this was confusing, just wait till we get to the CES stuff where we talk about all of the games that they're talking about there that were um 
conversions of Japanese RPGs that never even made it here. Now this part looks like it's actually actively confusing people more. Games with Super in their names, but not for the Super NES. And then you've got like Super C connected to Contra 3, the Alien Wars, as if like that's the Super Nintendo version of Super C. That's not right, correct? That's definitely not correct, yeah. I mean, Super Mario Land is definitely not anything, has anything to do with Super Mario World uh, on the uh, SNES. So yeah, that's weird. That That's that's a weird thing to do right there. They, they were just going by release order, right? Yeah, I, I I guess I don't know that that one's really weird. I don't I don't know what they were going for there. Um, Speedy Gonzalez is on Game Boy, y'all. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Every, everyone's favorite everyone's favorite character that they're still very comfortable uh, using and things. Speedy Gonzalez. Do do the kids do the kids know the Speedy Gonzalez now? Like I. I think I think he had a line in uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy, oh. uh, which is really strange to me because I never thought that would happen. Oh yeah, Pepe, but, uh, Pepe got scrubbed. Oh. Pep, Pep, yeah, Pepe, uh, Pepe is fully canceled at this point. So. <laughs> I would say, like, yeah, Speedy Gonzalez maybe less problematic than Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> which fair, yeah. Is he? I, I, okay, so I I don't know. I, I think they tried. Uh, they're they're problematic in different ways. Yes. I don't know. You know, I, I probably shouldn't even say too much because I am certainly out of my element with this sort of thing. So, you know, also representation with uh, a shrug <laughs> question mark. Yeah, I think I think for his one line in the Space Jam movie, they had like uh, Gabriel Iglesias play him. <clears throat> so they had. They, they tried to find somebody, you know, yeah, Fluffy Gonzalez. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I, I can really speak to this uh, at all either. Sure. Uh, he was in uh, Game Boy game, though. They devoted a few pages to it here. But but I can't say I can't say for a fact that Ice Zone Desert Zone, Forest Zone, Country Zone, Cheese Island, and then Mexico Zone. One of those is improper. (laughs) Not one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. I was was listing off the apparent levels in the Speedy Gonzalez Uh, game. Of course, the the odd one out there is Cheese Island because it's an island and not a zone. Yes, exactly. Because it's an island, yeah. Also, yeah. naming naming them zones. It's very it, it's very obviously Sonic, right? Like it's very obviously like, look, we have a character. He goes fast. He's just like this other character you like. He's also right? a Rodentia. You don't even need that Sega Genesis. We got your fast rodent. We we can help you get your fast rodent fix right here because there is going to be a Speedy Gonzalez game on the SNES as well. We'll see how well it uh, it compares to the Sonic games of that era. Uh, badly, I'm going to say, probably. Uh, judging by how well they did with the uh, attempt to do essentially a Sonic game with the Roadrunner, yeah. uh, yeah. probably not great. Did you you did Tasmanian yeah. already, didn't you? It was it was different. Yeah. It was a different kind of thing, and I I respect it for that. Well, but I, I mean, I, it's just it's just it's the same thing as Rad Racer. And, and yeah, all yeah. yeah, it's basically what, what if Rad Racer was just about a guy who who yeah. was was, you know, <laughs> who's yeah. eating birds, who ate, ate birds, birds, birds yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, to I that is a game that I had for the Super Nintendo that I spent a lot of time on uh, just uh, 
because I was a kid and didn't understand that there were better games out there. Uh, it looked cool. Yeah, it was pretty pretty graphics. I, I like I like mm-hmm. Looney Tunes. Yeah, no, I, I like Looney Tunes. But, uh, I, I just you know feel like some of them don't age well. Yeah, some of them don't age well, and uh, and I don't know if I yeah. if I like all the games that came out around them. Speaking of things I really really like, but don't always care for the games around them. Uh, we got st- we got Star Trek: The Next Generation for Game Boy. Stardate 4005.1.2. After completing a routine mission in the Vulcan sector, we receive word that a lethal virus is threatening the colonists on the planet Kyra. Krios. Krios. Yeah. No, I. I re- So when I was reading this, I just read it aloud in Picard's voice and amused myself, but it sounded terribly boring. Um, yeah, like they've taken a kind of, I think, a kind of novel approach with trying to portray this game here, uh, because like this is I I think from my memories of the Super Nintendo game, this is kind of the same sort of deal where mm-hmm. basically you have phases of the game where you're on the ship and you command various members of the crew to do things Um you know, to to kind of uh, progress through various conflict scenarios. And then you go down to the planet with an away team and it's sort of like an overhead dungeon crawler sort of thing. The way they've tried to uh, get this across is by essentially like synopsizing uh a mission of the game as if it is a, 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 a like a captain's log from Picard. A neat idea, but deeply boring to read. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless you're doing um, it in Picard's voice. Unless you're doing it in Picard's <laughs> voice, yeah. Well, this would be like, this isn't even the captain's log. This is like if Captain Picard was just giving you the run, like, like instructions, like the, the Wikipedia plot of an episode of Star Trek. Um, hey, 4-in-1 Fun Pack, Volume 2, Dominoes. You can play... It's yeah. like Clubhouse games, except with... Except with, uh, like, you know, uh, a tenth of the games. Yes. Those 50, 51 games? 51 games, yeah. So 4-in-1, so we have Solitaire? We, we do have Solitaire. Uh, we've got Dominoes. We've got Cribbage. And... Yacht. Yacht? I, I don't yeah, yacht dice. We got dice. Is it is it yeah. like Yahtzee, but like Yahtzee is a trademark? Yeah, Yahtzee is trademarked. Um, they call it Yacht Dice in Clubhouse Games as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess I knew it was a trademark. I didn't know that like there was a, a generic name for that. Well, there's more racist ones, but uh, we oh. don't say those anymore. Oh, okay. I didn't know that either. And do you yell? Do you yell yacht when you get the yacht? <laughs> yacht. If you if you say yachty, uh, some some men in 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 suits come and, and break your thumbs. So, well, it is interesting how Link had to edit out us saying yachty the whole time since it is a trademarked word. Oh God, so many spin jumps! I'm gonna have to add to this episode. So we got a counselor's corner. We got we got uh, some people asking questions about. A couple of pretty inscrutable RPGs. Uh, there's some Ultima Four, Ultima Five questions here. Uh, how do I find Lord British's crown? 
Um, how can can I bring a ghost back to life? Which is a good question, just in general. I think, uh, even if it's not about that game. <laughs> Also got some some questions here about uh, Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally, uh, the the aforementioned bad Sonic game with the Roadrunner that we were talking about before. Uh, yep, yeah. The first question is why isn't this just Sonic the Hedgehog? Can can you just get Sonic the Hedgehog somehow on the Super like, Nintendo? Can, I'm gonna go play Sonic the Hedgehog now. Those are the three questions. It's weird. Uh, yes, and uh, it's weird that the the questions aren't far from that, and also why the third one is um, how do you get to Green Hill Zone? I'm just going to go play Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, more of a statement than a question. Also, yeah. for people, um, but, um, I'm you know, not really sure why you. we even printed that here, but okay. <laughs> uh, we have a kind of fun thing here. Uh, Counselor's Corner Extra Star Fox stage maps, which are kind of an interesting thing. I'm not really sure how, like, actually useful these are, but they're kind of cool to see here, uh, just as, like, them trying to find a different way to even represent that game in the magazine uh, where they've got these like basically uh, like flat grid images showing where everything in the stages are just laid out in sort of like a tube end to end. Um, and for like an auto scroller, I don't honestly know how like useful this is. Yeah. I, I don't think these are as useful or as novel or as visually interesting as those, you know, like, um, isometric mock-ups that they did earlier in, in earlier magazines. That's definitely not interesting. No, not, not interesting, but I can, it, it does kind of like feel like, um, you know, the top down flying shooters, like it, it does kind of, right. Yeah. Gets you in that mindset because, you know, Star Fox is so mind blowing that you're flying in 3d space in mode seven. I don't know. I might, I might boot up Star Fox and we'll look back at this. Awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a thing I did not do, I will say. I, I didn't try to actually use this as like a helpful aid. So, you know, maybe it is more useful than I think it is. Uh, this also did remind me that the boss of one of the stages in Star Fox is called Professor Hanger. And that's good. Uh, I like the one that looks like it's just a giant sword. Uh, we got some power players challenge. <laughs> Trying to beat Port Town 2 on F-Zero. Uh I, I I booted it up. Couldn't do it. Is that the one with the big jump? It's the yes. It's the last. It's the last of the seven courses. Yeah, that 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 is a problem because you have to do a thing there that the game does not tell you how to do <laughs> in order to get past that. Makes that. sense. Why I blew up on the second lap. Yep, everyone does. Uh, yeah, you gotta like. I think it's like you've got to hold down during the jump to like open your like vents or something, uh, and then you can get then you can get over the big jump. But there is nothing in the game to prepare you for that. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, the it, I, I I gave that a whirl, and then on the rankings uh, that were sent in, uh, I looked at the Super Mario Kart, and they're like best time of Mario Circuit One time trial. I'm like, what? Minute 88? That's easy. I can beat that, no problem. Booted it up. Uh, my fastest was 111-something. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my first run-through. Not. Uh, yeah, man. R Ricky Ricky Innocent. He's got uh -huh. you. He's got you. He's got it all Castle over PA. all of us, yeah. Also, um, I don't mean to alarm anyone, but if this time is correct for TMNT4 Turtles in Time, um, how fast to finish... Um, this person technically is the fastest person to ever finish that game because right now on speedrun.com, 
Um, I'm seeing first place is 17 minutes and 25 seconds. This person apparently did it in 15 minutes and 18 seconds. Ooh, interesting. Damn, man. That they they must have been lying about it, right? Yeah, like, I don't. I I think I think that uh, you have to take a picture of your screen. You do have to take a picture of your screen. That's true. Do they even tell you like? Um, what your time is at the end of that game? I don't know. I haven't actually finished that game in a long time, hmm. so yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. But I mean, how else I, do I they know. verify it, though? I mean, that's true. Th- this person has beaten like what it is today the fastest time by like a good two minutes. Like maybe, that's maybe they got dyslexic. Maybe it's eighteen fifteen. Okay, you know, okay, that could be. That could be. Either that or Jeremy Ramos is just the fastest player of that game of all time and uh we need to find him and bring him out of retirement uh also minus 19 on the japan course for uh for golf nes golf that's pretty wild yeah see i like this because you actually have stuff yeah you actually did like a bit of research there and uh i appreciate that I just felt since you 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 both play, play these games uh, and uh, have um, I've actually never played any of the games featured uh, in in the rest of the issue, so I felt like this is the one thing that I can do to to bring bring something to the table. I, I try to be a good guest. No, no, you, you, hey, 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 you've you've done great. Oh, thank thank you. I wasn't fishing for for compliments. <laughs> I don't know how to take it. Uh, it's always tough. Uh, next up, we've got Jurassic Park for the NES. This is different than the ocean game that we're eventually going to play for the Super Nintendo with the, the top down with, with the uh, the first person labyrinth sections. But uh, I've never played this version that they're talking about here. Actually, it doesn't look super fun to me, if I have to be honest. Yeah, I feel like this was one that like. The angry video game nerd covered pretty early on. He, he doesn't often play games that he really likes. Although, although, I mean, I don't know. I guess he actually did kind of like Castlevania too. I don't know. But in any case, yeah, this this game doesn't look amazing. It's a top-down shooter kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It's an NES game, so it's completely outside the realm of... Uh, of uh, of what we talk about here on this show, so uh, I, they show the Game Boy game as well uh, at, at the back, um, and then they're like the Jurassic Park or Jurassic Park is coming to Super NES in late summer. This is the August issue. Yeah, they mean really late summer. Uh, it came out October first, nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety three. <clears throat> well, I mean, you can't get much later summer than yes, that. Yes, it's so late that it's past solstice. So I played um, Jurassic. Park, Lego Jurassic Park, or I think I had it on the PS4. Was, I got a PS4 and I was like, oh, that's a cheap game. And uh, looking at these screenshots, not much different. Yeah. Uh, level five looks like uh, the first, like one of the levels I played in Lego Jurassic Park, level six as well. Um, so astounding that the games have come so far. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely played the Genesis Jurassic Park games a lot more than any of the the Nintendo system ones. Uh, one of the Jurassic Park games for the Genesis let you play as a raptor. It was like a side scroller where you played as a raptor and you got to go around biting people and stuff. And uh, that was good fun. Yeah, I think like the Genesis version is kind of known for being like the best of those Jurassic Park games of that era, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So let's just move on. Uh, King's Quest Five on the NES. Yep. Uh, absence makes the heart go yonder, uh, which I believe was the kind of punny title these games all tended to have. Another kind of fun uh, way of presenting the game here, actually, uh, where they have uh, various points of interest that you need to go to and uh, a compass direction shown next to them for, for where you need to go to get them. Uh, I, I haven't never played any of any King's quest game. Uh, so this was just a thing I completely missed. I don't really have anything to say about it. Well, so I'm, I'm confused. Is this, cause it says it's, um, this is a Konami game. It's NES version of the, Fifth game in the popular PC-based RPG game. Yeah. But King's Quest on the PC, like, that's a Sierra game. That's like Leisure Shoot, yeah. Suit Larry. Well, yeah, Sierra's the developer. I think I think Konami just published okay. it. Off the back of that, like, I've watched um, Dan from Game Grumps play, like, Space Quest and uh, King's Quest Five. I'm pretty sure I've seen him play King's Quest Five on the PC. And some leisure shoot, leisure, leisure suit Larry games. These are very crude games, and so how, how do you do? You think they had to to button it up a little bit in order to put it on the Super Nintendo? Exactly. That's what uh, that is my question. I like also not just that. Like the point and click nature of the game is uh, like it's, it's yeah. Says, like I don't know how this worked. Honestly, do they mention? Do they say that this was? No, okay, so so they mention uh, in, at a different point in this issue that the the Super Nintendo version of Sim Ant had like ma- uh, compatibility with the the Super Nintendo mouse. Um, I wonder if this game did too, because I feel like this would be really. Oh, this is this NES game. Oh, this is an NES game. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they did to this to make it work on uh, controller because. Yeah, these are like some hardcore old school point and click adventure games. Yeah. Now, if they had a light gun integration, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. It would have been terrible to control. But yeah. Oh, were you just like shooting? That's where you want to go. That. Yeah. That'd have been really neat. That would have been smart. Yeah. I'm guessing there was probably just an on screen cursor that you had to move around. Hopefully not like in color a dinosaur fashion where it's just like. You hit left and it goes to the nearest, you know, pointable interactive thing on the left. But yeah, it's 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 a good question, though, about like kind of the content of the game, because I know that for the um, the NES version of Maniac Mansion, mm-hmm. they did uh, some edits to that uh, because there was some content that they weren't super comfortable having in the NES version. And if this game was also uh, kind of working a little blue, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, I, I imagine they must have done something like that, too. But uh, I don't I don't know. Um, I would be interested to learn more about this specific port because, yeah, I, I'm betting that they did have to do some stuff to it in a couple of different ways. Oh, I was just uh, this this article is the one that reminded me that their game counselors like there was an actual line that you called Nintendo for help back in the day, which I completely yep, a nine hundred number. Yeah, and <laughs> pay by the minute. The fact that you would call for help on King's Quest Five because uh, the, they're, they're like the reason we wrote this article is so many of you are calling in to ask 
questions about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we didn't talk about this one when it came out, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So many of you are stuck on it and wasting money. We thought we'd uh, get more people to buy it and waste yeah, more money. We um, we worked in Nintendo's call center for a while. This was after, you know, they, they didn't have the, the, the counselor. They didn't have the counselor anymore. line anymore, but we did work in that building like where that yeah, used to be. And we so. still had like a lot of the resources that they used back in the day for that stuff. Yeah, that's true. We had a big database thing that uh, had all of the, the information in it that they would they would tell people uh, when they called in. So uh, if we move on, we've got the top 20 here, which isn't super changed from the last month, from what I remember. We got the uh, largely the the extreme dominance of like Nintendo first party stuff on all of these lists. But uh, Capcom is right in there as well. So I just want to point out that somehow Shanghai 2 Dragon's Eye, the Mahjong game is uh at number 20 on the SNES list right now, somehow. That's a little mysterious to me, yeah. Also, can we talk about what's happening with this drawing up here? Like, there's a weird creature coming out of a Game Boy screen. Oh, yeah. What's going on there? Yeah, what is happening there? Oh, oh, I see. He's got a link cable. He's the creature who lives in this Game Boy. He wants to link with this other kid's Game Boy. Kid, get out of there. Don't let him link with your Game Boy. I don't know what he's going to do. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, this is cursed. Yeah, yeah, this is really cursed. Uh, the top 20. Um, I mean, how does this compare to your list? Currently? It's not that different. I mean, they have uh, Star Fox a fair bit higher than we do. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Street Fighter, Legend of Zelda, Mario, uh, Mario World, Final Fantasy 2, and uh, TMNT, Turtles in Time are all in our top 10 still, I think. Uh, and, you know, there's a few other ones here. There's there's a couple that kind of stick out as like, why is this here? Neither of us are huge fans of Super Ghouls and Ghosts. So that one, of course, for us is much lower. Uh, I think we are a little baffled by the fact that Shanghai 2 Dragon's Eye, which is just a Mahjong game, is is in the top 20 here. Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally, I don't think is in here anymore, but it was for a number of months and I really didn't get that. So... So was there like a big like Mahjong playing population that crossed over with the Super Nintendo? I have no idea. Well, and keep in mind, this is like Mahjong Solitaire. This isn't, you know, like proper Mahjong either. That's a good point, because you would be able to look at everyone's tiles if you were playing Mahjong on the Super Nintendo co-op. Yeah, well, well, there was a, a, a two-player Mahjong game on the NES that solved this problem by including a little uh, screen that you would attach to your TV screen, I guess, you know, like, with static, so that, like, on, you know, you, like, you'd each go on one side of the screen. I don't know if that ever came out over here, but I remember uh, Jeremy Parrish doing a, a video on that on his uh, NES work series. Big Papa Parrish. That's such a... Such a weird idea. Such a weird idea. I, I think the best thing would be to just have the other person close their eyes, honestly. Yeah, which I'm, I'm never a fan of those kinds of mechanics, but I, th I think that's... I mean, that's pretty much why Clue doesn't work on the Super right, Nintendo. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like there is a Clue game for the Super Nintendo, but it the, like you need to be able to keep secrets from people in that. So, yeah. 
Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think uh, The Simpsons Escape from Camp Deadly should be uh, higher than Yoshi. I mean, I've never played Camp Deadly, uh, but Yoshi is like a pretty bog standard pla- uh, 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 puzzle game. Puzzle. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We played Yoshi's Cookie. Well, Yoshi's Cookie. Yeah, very, very different game. Very, very much better. Yeah, Yoshi is a really like whatever game, isn't it? I'm being biased because I, I had uh, the Simpsons game and enjoyed it. Um, just just hearing just hearing the the uh, the theme in uh, Game Boy uh, chip tuning is fantastic. I was I was curious why they had um, Link's Awakening on the list if it's not out yet. It is out actually. It was on the cover uh, the previous month. Well, actually, you know, I'm I'm actually. I actually don't know about that because it says the rising anticipation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that this is actually a thing because this is weird. People write in with like their top 20 games and they like aggregate them for this. Um, And I think they didn't really require the games to be out for this to be possible because they have had several games show up on here like pre-release, which is really weird. So this is really just like a hype list. But like. That does mean that it's much weirder, though, I think, that Shanghai 2 Dragon's Eye is on here, because, like, who was that excited for it? Uh, also, Battletoads is at number four for the NES. That yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we're not we're not huge, uh, huge fans of the Battletoads around here, actually. So uh, I think, like, whenever people think fondly about Battletoads, they forget that the game is more than that first stage. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that that first stage is like the only one people really like from that game. I don't I, I'm pretty sure. So They couldn't get past it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> uh that, I believe those are all my sense cast. Uh we've got the really good uh Alien 3 uh players poll contest uh prizes here. Yeah. Uh it's like folks, someone out there owns this cryotube prop from alien three that they won yeah. from this contest somebody is out there with that thing i i have to find out who living this their is. life with <laughs> with that cryotube and possibly also their own seven foot tall out of this world replica of one of the world's one of the movie's massive monsters uh yeah, like it's like, hey, mom, I won this from a contest in Nintendo Power and now it lives in our house. <laughs> I I hope that someone still has these things and that like someday I'm going to be browsing Zillow Gone Wild on Twitter and it's just going to show up like, oh, hey, somebody put their house on the market. And holy crap, look at these Alien 3 props in the house prominently displayed. The seven foot tall out of this world replica of uh, of the monster. It looks like a cardboard cutout. It does actually. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it, I can see the like lines around it. So yeah, I think it might have just been like a standee. If they said like, if they said, hey, you get a replica and you get a standee, I would be mad. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> fair. Um, um, do you ever try to hunt down the winners of, of these games? No, or? no. I mean, sometimes they just talk about them in the, the player's pulse um, 
areas. So it, it's entirely possible. That would be fun to do, actually. Um, I don't know how we would go about it, but that would be uh, I would. Uh, this is one especially where I would be really curious to know what ended up happening with this stuff and like what the actual things they got were like. So it's also just very funny to me to imagine somebody like a like a, you know, an 11 year old writing in for this contest and then getting a videotape of Alien 3. It's like <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this like extremely nihilistic science fiction movie where everyone dies. And like the the end of the movie is like the hero, like committing suicide so that like a giant corporation can't make weapons uh, from from she the, was a clone, wasn't she? she not at this point. Uh, this yeah, is the one. The this one. is the one where she dies, necessitating a clone in order to bring her back for another movie. Oh, I, thought was, I thought that was aliens. No, she survives aliens. Yeah, she okay. survives aliens. She survives all the way up to the end of this one, and then she like throws herself into like a vat of like molten metal so that the corporation can't get the alien baby terminator style uh so the the corporation can't get the alien baby that that pops out of her on the way down so yeah got it it's all the rage back in those days to go out in a vat of molten metal it sure was it sure was so but yeah just the idea of getting that as like the prize for this like man yep and then, you know, hey, if you're the third, if you're one of the third prize winners, you get a T-shirt with Nestor on it. Yay. The scariest monster of all. <laughs> Did they ever evolve him into Nestor? <laughs> they evolved him into Lark in Pilot Wing Oh, yeah, 64. he was in Pilot Wing 64. Yeah. Uh, I like to imagine he died on the way back to his home planet personally. So, you know, I understood that reference. So we jump along to the now playing section. Um, We've got a few games that we've played recently here, a few that we haven't we haven't played yet, Uh, particularly Final Fight 2, which is coming up right around the corner. And uh, I'm I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because that's finally going to be the the two player co-op final fight that we deserved the last time. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, not so much super aquatic games after playing oh, James. God, Pond. I hate his face. Uh, I don't want to see him again. Did you say James Pond? Yeah, yeah, James Pond. We uh, fantastic. We did a whole thing about he's it. A, he's a he's yeah. a fish who's a secret agent and also sometimes a RoboCop. Okay, wow, that's a uh, that's a thing that happened. A, a charming British video game character. That one. Uh, we also got uh, Aliens vs. Predator. That could be neat. Yeah, I didn't really know. I didn't know there was an Aliens vs. Predator game for the Super Nintendo, but I'm not surprised, actually, because that was everywhere back then. So, yeah. yeah. Um, sadly, this is not the very good Aliens vs. Predator Capcom beat-em-up that came out on arcades. But Yeah, that's a real shame. I don't know why they didn't port that anywhere. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, I loved that game. Um, we, yeah, we got first samurai, which we played recently and we rather enjoyed. It was weird. And we liked that. Um, Dracula, which I'm guessing this is the, like the movie tie in. This appears to be a Bram Stoker's Dracula game. Yeah. Uh, goof troop, which we've, we've talked plenty about, you know how we feel about that one. Street fighter two turbo, which we will be talking about a lot very soon. Um, Nigel Mansell's world championship. 
Zombies ate my neighbors. Looking forward to that <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, I'm looking forward to Goal on uh, the Game oh, Boy. Yeah. Goal! <laughs> I think you needed a few more old Soccer. O's in that title, but, you know. Uh, Goal! There it is. And it's not even picking up because it just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it'll be on my audio capture. Uh, uh, Jimmy Connors Tennis. We played a SNES version of that, didn't we? Yeah. We that did a while jacket, back, right? actually. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Oh, I loved that. This one with the jacket. They do complain that uh, Jimmy Connors does not play much of a role in this license. So, uh, yeah, a bit, bit of a shame there. Yeah. Uh, got uh, Packwatch is hopping this time, actually. Uh, we have got a few games coming up that are pretty. Uh, pretty big deals. Uh, got Clay Fighter, which they are there. You know, I gotta say their sales pitch for, for Clay Fighter is really good here. Uh, I don't think the game actually lives up to that. Uh, but I think they are doing a great job of trying to convince you that this is a game you want. Yeah. I will just remind everyone, um, the Elvis Clay Fighter is named blue suede goo. Yep. It's good. It's good. Uh, I got a laugh. Yeah. Best best game ever. But uh, but yeah, they talk up the the technical features of it. They talk up the fact that it has digitized voices. Uh, I don't know what the Hollywood talent that they they claim recorded dialogue for that game was Uh, not really particularly evident in the game. But, uh, you know, it's like the idea the, the the claim they're making about it is like it plays like Street Fighter, but it's got wacky clay people in it. And, you know, hey, there's worse. There's worse ways to sell a game. We got Plock. That'll be an interesting thing when we get to it. Battle Cars, the Power Plug, which I guess was like their. Um, yeah, it's weird to see. Uh, it's weird to see just like an accessory in here. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't oh, it, like, really know how this you... thing works. It let you program in button combos and and le- it basically let you do macros, essentially, yeah. which is interesting. Which is something Tyco did in their controllers later on, too, as well. I'm going to be honest. I thought I knew every single sim variation. Did not know about sim ant. Yeah, sim ant. Uh, you, you have a colony of ants and a big map of a backyard, and you're trying to take over the whole backyard, like, square by square uh, by, like, moving your ant colony in and, like, fighting whatever the ant, whatever the other insects are that, that live there. So, huh. uh, yeah, kind of a neat game from my memory of it, but uh, it has been a very long time since I played this game. So, so we got Mega Man 6 where you can battle evil robots. I think even they are getting tired of writing about Mega Man at this point, because about like two thirds of the way through this, they admit like, yeah, there sure are a lot of Mega Man games. Hey, they're also working on a new Chip and Dale. You interested in that? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, both games that I have on my Player's Choice 10 machine. Uh-huh. Oh, ooh. oh, nice. Well, I it's, you had one of those. it's That's cool. Well, not my. It's my uncle's, but oh, it's uh, now the truth comes out. I'm uh, I'm one of the ones that play it the most. I feel well. I guess my niece and nephew play it now. Yeah, no, neither was I. I mean, this was very late NES at this point. I remember this is one of the two games that they highlighted in the big commercial for that remodeled NES. It was this, and it was Star Trek. Yeah, right. 2. The top loader, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, those were like I guess. 
you know, maybe two of the last really big name NES games to come out. Uh, article here is a very dense <laughs> uh, piece about that yeah. year's CES show in Chicago. Yep. And this is interesting because the 93 CES um, is not quite the last one before before E3 started. I think E3 started in 95. Is that right? You're right. It was 95. Okay. But, but yeah, so like CES was, um, you know, kind of a more general, I mean, it was a consumer electronics show. Um, so it was a big trade show, but it wasn't video game specific, but because video games were, you know, still kind of coming into their own as like a, uh, you know, a whole market in America, this was where they were up until E3 started as like kind of the, the, the breakout show for, uh, you know, for games just as their own thing. So you see some stuff in here that I think is kind of like what we would see, later on in like, you know, uh, you know, E3 booth roundups. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of games talked about here. And, um, as you were kind of, you know, suggesting earlier, uh, Link, uh, some of these didn't even end up coming out. So, you know, it's worth, worth kind of going through what we got here. Uh, before we do that, I do want to just say that, uh, one of my favorite things from these pack watch updates, uh, are the, the creepy looking mascot characters they took pictures of. And I don't think that arrow, the acrobat here is quite on the level of the awful squash faced Mega Man from a couple months ago, but it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. yeah he is, is it not back. the yeah. same Mega Man? No, that, that is the same. That I, I think that is the same Mega Man mascot costume there. It looks like it. Wait, is there a picture of him in yeah, here? On the, um, the oh yeah, there yep. he is. No, no, no. There's sorry. There was, I didn't even realize he was in here again. Dang. Wow, they had that guy all around uh, at places. Uh, no, I think I was just so I think I was so distracted by Sting on that page that I didn't notice uh, that uh, Mega Man was there. But I, I saw like Sugar Ray live on the Super NES, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what? Sugar Ray? Were they even a band at that point?" And then I'm, like realizing, like, no, they're no, they mean they mean Sugar Ray Robinson, yes, the yeah, boxer, playing a boxing right? game. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, so. I'm just kind of looking through here because, yeah, we do have quite a few things that are going to end up, you know, on the on the chopping block um, or, you know, that just go through some changes. The first thing we that I'm noticing here is we've got FX tracks uh, that's going to undergo a name change before it comes out. Uh, that's going to be Stunt Race FX. Yeah, that's a pretty neat game. Uh, yeah, uh, not a whole lot of games that really use the Super FX chip, but that one was like a very ambitious attempt at a uh, fully 3D racing game with like transforming cars and, you know, really weird cartoony graphics and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Also, um, a quick shout out to the website SNES Central that's got a pretty extensive uh, list of unreleased games and canceled games for the Super Nintendo that kind of helped me figure out like, you know, what games uh, didn't make it. But one game that is not on their list, but is also not on any list that I can see, you know, of, of releases is uh, championship league soccer from Acclaim. Uh, I, I am not sure what that is because it's not on my list. I do see something called, um, 
Well, I did see an acclaimed soccer game that was not on my list of releases elsewhere, so I might have to do a little more digging. There might be some games that are not on that list that should be that we'll need to cover at some point. So, yeah, um, we do have uh, The Simpsons, Itchy and Scratchy, which is just going to end up being called the Itchy and Scratchy Game on the SNES. Better title, yeah. Um, yep. Uh, we've got a, an Eye of the Beholder game, which is an advanced Dungeons & Dragons game that's being published by Capcom, of all people. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty classic uh, gold box uh, dungeon crawler game. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know there was a Super Nintendo version of that, actually. So uh, they have a picture of Ken Griffey Jr. And uh, what I assume to advertise um, is baseball game. But I do not see it anywhere in the article. I don't know. Yeah, that That's is, a, that is weird, a, isn't it? Because the the, the, yeah. the Ken Griffey, uh, yeah, they say like the kid is coming, uh, but yeah, they have I guess so little information about that. I mean, that game didn't end up coming out until like '95, right? I think so. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's yeah, kind of a yeah. late one. It's got really good graphics. I remember that, but uh, yeah, I guess they. I don't know. It's weird that they would put the picture in here, but not reference it at all oh, in the article. Oh, it says article. March yeah, 1994 I'm, for the Super Nintendo. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I guess it's not that far away then. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised they didn't mention it. I'm surprised they wouldn't have had it out on the floor in some playable form for this thing. So, that yeah, that is a bit of a shocker. Let's see here. We got uh, a little bit about Jurassic Park from Ocean and, of, of course, uh, Dennis the Menace from Ocean as well, an equally important film of that era. Um, Walter Matthau played Mr. Wilson in that. Yeah. Um, we've also got a Bulls v. Suns here from Electronic Arts, which I cannot find anything about anywhere. So I don't know what the deal is with that one. There there was a Bulls v. Lakers uh, game that ended up being canceled, but I could not find anything about Bulls v. Suns. So uh, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, let's see. What else do we... Oh, uh, Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures, which turned out to be perhaps the most novel game at the show. That's a nice way to put it. Uh, uh, yeah, they're trying to <laughs> really hard to not lie about that game, but also definitely not saying what that game actually is. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I keep forgetting there was a Lord of the Rings game on the SNES. Uh-huh. That is going to happen. Yep. Uh which will end up with the name J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, Volume 1. Um, he never made Volumes 2 and 3. Yeah, kind of like the, the Ralph Bakshi uh, movie, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got a Jaguar-branded racing game. That's never going to happen. Um, uh, Legends of the Ring, Worldwide Soccer. I'm not sure about those. Oh, they mentioned Asterix from Electro Brain, but... Uh, uh-huh. That None one, of the uh, Asterix games are going to come out to America. No, yeah, that stayed only in Europe for a long time, yeah. I think. In fact, I I don't think uh, Electro Brain is much longer for the world at this point, because I don't think many of these games actually make it. Future Zone uh, does not come out either, um, which is just, I think, an original IP from them. Um, it, it is not based on the movie with uh, David Carradine. <laughs> Did... Uh, Game Tech's Jeopardy Sports game ever come out? I think it did. I think we are going to get that. Okay, one. yeah. Um, but what did not happen was the Journey Home, uh, which is based on a Japanese RPG. This is by a company called Renovation, who also did not last long. Um, so yeah, the Journey Home and Arc- Arcus Odyssey are two JRPGs that they were trying to 
uh, bring over and uh, localize and didn't happen. I'm, actually, let me see. What, what was the name for um, Neugier? Neugier. It's a, oh, it's a German word for some uh. Neugier Umi no Kaze no Kodo. Okay. Umi to Kaze no Kodo. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So it, I guess the, the full name for that they were looking at was the Journey Home Quest for the Throne. But um, yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, oh, actually, these are two games from Team Wolf. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, they do mention a couple of games here. It, it's, you know, one of the things that's, like, fascinating about this article in particular is just seeing all these games that would end up having wildly different receptions and legacies all just kind of in the stew together. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, here's just a bunch of games that are coming out. You know, The Lawnmower Man, uh, you know, Seventh Saga, Lufia, uh, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, just like all these games that some of them would end up being, you know, at least like minor classics or like things that people really love. Some of them would end up being some of the the most notoriously reviled games on the system, uh, like this uh, Wizard of Oz game. It's very bad. Uh, I'm not looking forward to playing that. It's just <laughs> in here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few other things that kind of surprised me. Uh, apparently, American Technos was working on a Popeye game that uh, also never left Japan. Ironically, they sure do love Popeye over there, huh? They, they do. It's weird. Um, super dodgeball. I, I don't think any super dodgeball game or I, this is, would have been another Cuneo game. Um, that, that never happened on the SNES, uh, which is a shame cause, uh, that those games were pretty good. Okay, those think. games are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We, we are going to get, um, Brett Hall hockey and speed racer. I'm pretty sure those end up happening. Maybe, uh, Pele definitely does not though. We don't, or at least, uh, not on the SNES. I think it comes out on the Genesis. Kaneko has a couple of games here that didn't end up coming out. Uh, we got Socks, the game based on President Clinton's cat, which did end up getting released, but only much, much later, like in like 2017, as like a weird novelty release where somebody finished the game up and released it. Uh, and also Fido Dido, uh, a game based on uh, kind of just a character that was used in advertising, but wasn't actually like part of any property, uh, completed game. Well, they say here, he, they say here he got a CBS Saturday morning cartoon. Is that true? So I think what they mean here, which is interesting, they used him in the ads for CBS, Saturday morning cartoon, like for the block oh, of programming, <laughs> but not in the actual, there was never an actual Fido Dido show. So really weird. Yeah. But uh, they did make a game, and then they never released it. So mm. I don't know. Going to say so it joins it joins the Yonoid type games where it's a advertisement. Well, but that, that, it wasn't really advertising anything in particular, though. But um, the Wild Wild Quest, the second Chester cheating game, <laughs> we'll get that one though. Uh, yeah, great. <laughs> Gotta, I'm, I'm so yeah. excited to get back into the rich world of Chester Cheetah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of bad games by companies that are just hanging on by a thread at this point, um, we've got We're Back and Beethoven Second from High Tech Expressions, oh, but they, God, they are not we're, much longer that for the We're world. Back game is so bad. Yeah. Um, another thing that really surprised me here is they mentioned Time Killer, which I'm thinking they must have meant Time Killers, the uh, very... yeah very gory arcade fighter 
yeah. um, which apparently mm-hmm. at some point THQ was looking to bring to the SNES and uh, that didn't happen. Cause I mean, again, this is, you know, when around the time when Nintendo was making mortal Kombat be toned down in a very big way from what it was in the arcades, there is no way you could have done that with time killers. No, like, yeah, that was never going to fly. Um, a port of Time Killers did end up on the Genesis years later, but from what I've heard, it was awful. So uh, I believe that. Um, yeah. Also, I think it's funny that Time Killers is being mentioned in the same sentence as Thomas the Tank Engine. That's kind of funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, we got a uh, uh, Pitfall Harry the Mayan Adventure, which would just be end up called end up being called uh, Pitfall the Mayan Adventure. Uh, we also, I think, have the first mention here of the English title Secret of Mana uh, as the the changed name of uh, Final Fantasy Adventure 2 or Legend 2. Oh. I keep forgetting. Yeah, uh, they, they misspell Mana, though. They, they have it with two N's. So, yeah. And oh, and I do want to go back to uh, Pitfall Harry really fast, because actually the game that they mentioned right after that River Raid was another planned uh, Atari remake basically or uh, you know a, a, uh-huh. a new game based on an old atari property but that one actually uh, is never going to make it um but yeah there's a lot of stuff in here and like i said a lot of things that uh are not going to make it we got desert sword that's gonna end up coming out as um asp airstrike patrol at least we get that mario's time machine game coming out be... <laughs> yeah the pc one there is a PC version, yeah, but they yeah. also made a Super Nintendo version that probably is a lot less impressive uh, in terms of graphics. But yeah, did it, did it actually make it to console? Yeah, so did Mario is Missing. Uh, we oh, played that one not too long didn't ago. Didn't know that. I remember Mario is Missing. I didn't know Mario's Time Machine made it. They talk about here from Chemco, uh, First Samurai, and also a game called G2, which is actually the very unfortunately named Genocide 2. Um, that oh, game also, no. that game also they shouldn't make have done it. that. Yeah, they shouldn't have named the game that, but also it, it didn't come out over here, uh, at least not on the Super Nintendo. Should name the sequel that Genocide 2, more genocide. <laughs> yeah. Genocide <laughs> 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh. Oh, God. Mm. Just, yeah, maybe not, y'all. Yeah, d- maybe yeah. not. So, yeah, I think there's probably a few others in here that. Th- oh, oh, how could I forget? The Steven Seagal project. Yeah, what was this? Did this come out? No, it didn't. But this is really interesting. So this game ended up with the title um, Steven Seagal is because, of course, Steven Seagal is the last option, which, you know, like <laughs> fitting, like because, you know, yeah, I would probably I pick so. a Steven Seagal movie absolutely last in any options I'm ever given. But, um, but yeah, they specifically mentioned that it is a Steven Seagal game, not based on an existing movie. It's just like, here's a game starring Steven Seagal as somebody. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, this this actually went through a couple of iterations, I think. Um, it was going to be called Steven Seagal is the final option or the last option, something like that. Um, yeah. So so this game actually it got delayed so many times that development switched from the place from the super Nintendo to the PlayStation one and 64, uh, according to, uh, Sinef central anyway. And at that point it got, uh, changed to, uh, the name deadly honor, but it's, it's not actually clear, um, if it was still a Steven Seagal game at that point, 
but it just got further delayed and, and got canceled outright eventually. So, well, we're so all the poorer for it, I guess. I forget. Yes, have you I'm played sure. any Steven Seagal movies on the podcast yet, or for the podcast yet? I don't think they've. I don't think they've made any games out of them mm. actually that are on the Super Nintendo. Mm. At least not so far. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, because because uh, I think the only action stars we've gotten to play as are uh, at this point. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and have we done a Stallone yet? I can't remember if we've done a Stallone I don't think we yet. have yet, but they do uh, talk about cliffhanger on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, right. we did play a lethal weapon yeah. game. So we did that. So uh, let's. Um, oh, Vic Takai has a game uh, called The Lost Mission, and that's going to live up to its name because it's also not going to come out. It, it was uh, meant to be a localization <laughs> of uh, the JRPG Shins, uh, Shinseki Odyssea or Odyssilla. I'm not even sure. Um, also, so uh, they talk about Last Action Hero, Cliffhanger, and Firehawk. Uh, Firehawk's never coming out, and I'm not even sure what it was. I mean, and with that grouping, it seems like it would be another like uh, action movie adaptation. Yeah, but I have no idea. Yeah. Um, oh, also, um, uh, Rocky Mountain Sports, which was meant to be kind of like California games, but with like climbing and kayaking and ATV racing. Okay, um, yeah. That one's also going to end up being canceled. So. Yeah, like just a lot of stuff going on here. Real kind of shotgun blast of of in production games. Yes. So. And uh, and that's how this issue ends. We've got uh, look at uh, look looking forward to next issue with uh, final fight and rock and roll racing. Yeah, rock 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 and roll racing. <laughs> yeah, let's combine two things there. It's good. Also, uh, save five dollars on Batman Returns for the Super yep. Nintendo. Uh, definitely. Uh, I I think personally of all those. Uh, that's probably not the one you want to go for. Like, I feel like Tiny Toon Adventures 2 and Kid Dracula, probably probably both like better games to, to add to your collection than Batman Returns, but I don't know. Do, do you think like if you had the actual magazine now and you still had those certificates in it and you tore one out and you went to like, you know, a, a pawn shop where they had one of those games? It's like, I think hey, they man. would just be like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. We'll take four bucks off a tiny tune adventure. I mean, if you leave it inside the uh, magazine and then he takes the whole magazine when purchasing, maybe he's he's coming out ahead there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. uh, So, yeah, so that is going to be the magazine. We got a Super Nintendo encased in ice on the cover on the back back cover. It's way cool. It is. It's way cool. And that's it. And I am losing my voice now because we've been at this for a while. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up then. Uh, this has been a really fun time. And uh, yeah, Brandon, do you have any any closing thoughts on uh, this issue or Nintendo Power as a whole or, you know, uh, any of the stuff we talked about? Uh, just going back through these old Nintendo Powers, um, because when you listen to you guys talk about it, it's you do a great job describing it but nothing beats actually going back and looking at these so this really makes me want to go back and look at more nintendo powers maybe a little further on like from Mm -hmm. my when i started reading yeah n64 and forward but um it it definitely it was very fun to travel back with uh, the both of you to uh 
experience this uh, Nintendo Power front to back. Um, and again, like I said, is one of the one of the covers that's seared into my brain. Um, and uh, just to see the art style that they used in in this era of Nintendo Power, it's much different from down the line. It is, yeah. Um, and uh, no, it's it's it's. It, it makes it makes me feel nostalgic for for when Nintendo Nintendo Power existed, and you could just if the issue was on a game that you were playing, you had to get it, or else you would not know how to beat a game. Those are my final thoughts, and also um, they really really need to hire a new artist for uh, the Street Fighter characters. That yeah, that that's true. That's just true. Um, well, that's uh, thank you so much for joining us for this. This has been thank really so fun. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, you know, we, uh, yeah, that like like going through these uh, is is like a huge like nostalgia blast every time. So it's fun to be able to share that, uh, and like. Yeah, like 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 you were saying, uh, actually reading these is is a, a really a really interesting experience, and I would encourage anybody out there. Uh, these are you know luckily uh, pretty easily uh, available to to come by uh, you know uh, scans of these magazines. Uh, you know, give give these a look if you if you enjoy listening to our show, and uh, you know yeah, just just search for uh, Nintendo Power Internet Archive and yeah they're pretty easy to find fascinating things to to go back to and um you know uh it, it's always it's always fun it's always fun so we uh, thank you all uh link do you have any closing thoughts um well uh brandon please tell everybody where uh they can find you one more time and, and just plug whatever you need to plug. uh sure um i am brandon of navy 90s which is a comedy nostalgia podcast of two childhood best friends who grew up in the 90s Looking back at a month in uh, one of the 90s uh, each episode. And our episodes come out on YouTube um, at youtube.com or no, namely90s.com slash YouTube. Um, and on every podcasting platform that we could plaster it to. So uh, your platform of choice, you could find it on namely90s.com slash listen. Um, you can find us on our socials uh, at namely90s with a 90s on Instagram and Twitter. And, um, yeah, you can always check out our website, namely90s.com, uh, for more of us or for more of me. And if you want to see me struggle through, uh, Nintendo games while drinking wine and explaining wine type stuff to you, you can join me on my Twitch channel Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific and Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific, um, where and that's twitch.tv slash somtendo that's s-o-m-m-t-e-n-d-o um i think that's everything oh 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 sorry we have our namely 90s has our uh two-year anniversary special uh either have or had um and uh lincoln emmy cooked something good up for us looking forward to listening to that uh, and you can check that out the third Monday in May. So uh, that would it came out on the 16th of May, 2022. Um, and if that's that, that's a good place to dive in. Although it's a lot to dive into, but you've listened to us talk this long about 
um, the August 1993 episode or uh, issue of Nintendo Power. So you sound like someone that would listen to a very long episode of Namely 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, check them out. And, uh, and yeah, and that's, uh, that's going to do it for us. So, uh, as always, you can find us on all the podcast platforms, except for Spotify. Um, and, um, maybe honestpiranha.com though. I, I don't know. I've been letting that slip a bit. So, you know, if it's not up there yet, uh, sorry about that folks. I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. Um, and, uh, we do have something special planned for the rest of the month of May, as well, but uh, you know what? We're not going to go into that now because we've been at this for a while today, and we're just—I'm just going to go take a nap. I'm just going to go take sh- a nap. We should so, give a, uh, a round of applause to Link for editing this because it was a it yes, was a absolutely, job. <laughs> yeah, her Herculean task. Thank you. So thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, um, but yes, uh, please join us next time as we dive into the first games from August '93. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this and we hope you see uh, we, we hope uh, we hope you come back. We hope you didn't get scared off by uh, by by all of our all of our our hot takes, hot takes and witty banter. And uh, we'll see you next time on a regular episode of Snescapades. Until then, I'm Emmy Zero. I'm Steampunk Link. Play it loud. Outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoaxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty free at technoaxe.com. That's T E K N O A X E.com. Lieutenant War floors the shields before the attempt is made. Chief O'Brien searches the planet for the colonists and attempts to lock onto the target. When O'Brien finds a strong lock, powers up the transporter, bringing the colonists on board. One at a time. Sir, are, are you just narrating everything I'm doing right now? Yes, O'Brien. Get back to the transporter room. All right, then. Can't wait to go to Deep Space Nine. I don't have to put up with this sh- Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs>